What's happening? Episode 133 of WFS, the Will Fortune. Thanks so much for tuning in here on a Wednesday. And the NBA playoffs, second round, couple of matchups. You know, they're really starting to define themselves in terms of how those series are going to end up. Also had some of our superlatives announced, NBA MVP, Coach of the Year, things like that. We'll talk about that a little bit. But also at the end of the show, I want to talk about uh, the most valuable players left in the NBA playoffs. One player not on the list that's probably going to surprise you a lot. And it's not hate. That's just how it is. I think that's just the reality of the playoff landscape that we're in the middle of right now. So uh, let's get started with the NBA playoffs with one series in particular, the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. And the the Nets are up 2-0 in the series. It's over. I mean, let's let's say that right now. The the Bucks do not have enough star power, enough ammunition, enough whatever you want to call it to beat these Nets. KD, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving is too much to overcome. And actually, right now, it's just KD and Kyrie Irving. James Harden hasn't even been playing, and the Nets are still blowing out the Bucks. It's a close game one, game two, not really that close. Didn't even need James Harden. Similar to how the, the regular season went for the Nets without KD when he was injured at different points, James Harden was leading the squad, and they were beating teams pretty easily. There's just not much the Bucks can do in this series. They'll probably win a game. I expect them to at least win one game. If the Bucks get swept, that's tough. That's a pretty bad reflection on the Bucks team that was kind of rebuilt this offseason, bringing in Drew Holiday. Uh, they almost brought in Bogdanovich, which I think would have really helped that trade kind of fell through. But Drew Holiday was a huge addition to this team, and Giannis doesn't really seem to be taking that next step as a player. He's won the MVP twice, but we know what he is as a physical force and as a rebounder, but he can't shoot, period, point blank. I don't really know how, how else to say it. He cannot shoot the basketball. That's the one part of his game that is missing. And until he develops a more consistent jump shot, either in the mid-range or from three or both, or even becoming a better free throw shooter, he is not going to be the best player in the world in my eyes if he cannot shoot the basketball. That's just what this league is. It's a shooter's league. And you don't have to be Steph Curry, but you, if you can be at least like a LeBron James type shooter, where LeBron's not the greatest shooter in the world. We, we all know that. He is not the best jump shooter or three-point shooter, but he's serviceable. He can be left wide open and make teams pay you know, if they leave him out in the corner or on the wing. Giannis, I will take my chances 100 times out of 100 if he's shooting a three wide open. I'll take my chances. If he makes it, oh well. I am that confident that he cannot make a three-pointer wide open in a game. Game three, though, for the Bucks, it's do or die time for Giannis. I will... You know, give him a little bit of credit because he is a fa- he is facing a super team right now. It's just two out of the three, KD and Kyrie. No James Harden yet, but I don't want to use that as an excuse for Giannis. We've scrutinized LeBron James countless times over the years for not being able to beat super teams. the The last, I guess, homegrown and like original super team that we probably saw was. The San Antonio Spurs with Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Tim Duncan. That was a homegrown 
organic big three. And LeBron couldn't beat them in 07 in the, in the NBA Finals. Couldn't beat the Golden State Warriors a handful of times before he did eventually beat them once. Couldn't beat those teams. Uh, and we really hit LeBron hard on that for a long time. So we cannot use that same... We cannot excuse Giannis for it. If we're going to be hard on LeBron James and we think of Giannis Antetokounmpo as the supposed next one to take the torch from LeBron, we cannot use a super team as an excuse for Giannis's losing. We can't. We, we've got to treat him the same. If he truly is the best player in the world right now or will be once LeBron eventually maybe starts hitting a little decline or retires, if we think he's the next guy, we've got to treat him the same. I don't think he is the next guy. I've never really been of the belief that he is the next guy, the the next face of the league. I think once LeBron is done, and really you can make an argument for it right now that Steph Curry is the face of the league, not the best player in the league. I'm not saying Steph Curry's the best player in the league, but he would be the next face of the league. The next best player in the league would be Kevin Durant. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant can shoot. Curry's a little bit of a liability on defense, even though he plays hard on D. KD, very capable on defense. Giannis is a capable defender. He's one player or defensive player of the year a couple times. Offensively, though, all he is is just a bull in a china shop. He can get into the paint and score pretty easily, but you can back off of him. You can let him shoot the mid-range. You can let him shoot the three, and he's not going to make you pay for it. Game three, though, is it's going to be all she wrote for Milwaukee if they can't get it done in, in game three. If they don't win game three, my guess is they won't win game four. They have to get this next game if they want to even have a chance. I still think it's a five-game series either way, but we cannot give Giannis a free pass just because it's the Nets and they're a super team. Can't give him a pass. We never gave LeBron James a pass. We can't give the, the supposed next one in line a pass too. Now, moving to the most valuable player award, and also uh, coach of the year was Tom Thibodeau with the New York Knicks. Well-deserved. The Knicks made the playoffs for the first time in a long time and won a game. Very well done by the Knicks. They've got a bright future. As long as they can get a star, they'll be great. But that's kind of getting away from what I wanted to talk about. Nikola Jokic won the most valuable player. I do think he's an extremely valuable player in this league. And I actually kind of agree with this award agree with who it was given to this year more than in other years. And what I mean by that is, you know, Giannis, yes, valuable to his team, but he all he did was have a great individual season. His team was good enough around him to win a lot of games. And you can kind of make that same case for, you know, James Harden a couple years ago, Russell Westbrook. Well, Russell Westbrook really was a one-man show, but Russell Westbrook was, it just had super impressive stats and it didn't lead to a ton of wins. They were a lower seed in the Western Conference. And typically, you you know, you give it to a player who has a great statistical season and is higher up the ranks in the West. And Nikola Jokic kind of embodied that this year. They were the number one team in the West. Or no, not the number one team. uh, Number three, I believe. My thing is, though, is I wouldn't necessarily have given it to Jokic this year. My thing with the MVP award though in the 
NBA and really in all leagues, it's never given to the most valuable player in the league. It's always given to the player who had the most outstanding season, the most outstanding player. I think the name of the award should be changed from most valuable player, MVP, to MOP, most outstanding player. Like with Russell Westbrook when he had that triple-double season with the Thunder. Outstanding year, not taking anything away, but he wasn't the most valuable player in the league. He wasn't, his team wasn't setting the world on fire with wins. They weren't early out in the playoffs. That's that's all I can really say about Russell Westbrook. With Nikola Jokic, he's a one-man show in Denver right now. They're missing their three best guards, and they're probably going to get eliminated here in the second round against the Phoenix Suns. Me personally, I would have given it to a player who made a tremendous impact on their team, putting their team in a position that they would not have otherwise been if it weren't for their play. Two players that come to mind are Steph Curry and Chris Paul. I personally would have given the vote to uh, Steph Curry, led the league in scoring, and also led the league uh, in three-pointers, three-point shooting. And he put a very bad Warriors team in playoff contention. They were the eighth seed, lost a playing game to the Lakers, and lost a playing game to the Memphis Grizzlies. And Curry played lights out in both of those games, and the team around him was just not very good. Now, I get it. You still do have to win. And typically, I think only maybe once or twice have you know players won the MVP with a winning percentage as a team under 57 or 58%, and the Warriors were clearly below that threshold. But the fact that Steph Curry even had his team in that position is unbelievable, in my opinion. Another player that should have gotten some more votes, I think Steph Curry was second to Jokic in first place votes. Third place was Chris Paul, even though they, I think they only had maybe eight or nine votes combined between them, and Jokic had the majority, the overwhelming majority of the votes. Chris Paul led this Phoenix Suns team to the playoffs for the first time in 11 years. Last season, without Chris Paul, the Suns were 10th in the Western Conference, and their record, they were sitting at 34 and 39, and they were about, uh, there were a couple games out of the playoffs, out of that eighth seed, but they just weren't a good team last year. They were just a bunch of kids, and even now this year, they still are a bunch of young kids like Devin Booker, really young. DeAndre Ayton, really young. Booker is definitely a superstar in this league now. But with Chris Paul, you catapult now to second place in the in the West and the second best record in the league behind the Utah Jazz. I mean, come on. You're telling me that CP3, yes, his his stat line, you know, wasn't, you know, ridiculous. It wasn't great, you know. It's, it wasn't the CP3 of old. Paul averaged 16 points and 9 assists. Jokic, when you look at him, he had a career-high 26 points per game, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, much better stat line. And, of course, you know, the Nuggets were, you know, right there in the NBA standings, uh, right at the top of the West, sitting at number 3. But Chris Paul's value, I mean, you can just tell by that stat I read to you, first time in 11 years making the playoffs. They were 10th in the West last year, 2nd in the West this year. Yes, the stats, much different. But if you think about it, Steve Nash won MVP for the Phoenix Suns back in the mid-2000s. 
averaging like 18 points and 10 assists a game. Those weren't crazy statistics, but he led his team to, I think, the second seed in the West. Look at this. I mean, almost identical, 16 points, 9 assists, second team in the West, putting your team in a position that it hasn't been in over a decade. You you just can't argue the fact that Chris Paul isn't a valuable player. I think he's more valuable than Nikola Jokic. I think Steph Curry is more valuable than Nikola Jokic. Those would have been the two people I would have voted for. If I had to give it to one player, probably Stephen Curry just because of his incredible shooting and the fact that that Warriors team was so bad around him, CP3 would have been an extremely close second for me. It would have been really hard to pick, but I would have given the nod to Steph. I'm not mad at Jokic getting the MVP award, but I do think we we need to take into consideration value more so than just outstanding statistical lines. Now I want to get into the Ford Food Chain, another edition of the Ford Food Chain to close this episode. The top 10 NBA players remaining in the playoffs, and not even just like the best players, because that would be really easy to kind of, you know, list that out. The top 10 most valuable players remaining in the playoffs. One player is not going to be on this list, like I mentioned at the top. You, you could argue that he should be in there, but I just, I don't really think so. We'll start off with, we're going to go top to bottom this time. We'll go number one down to 10. Number one is KD. Durant's averaging 32 a night, shooting 50% from the floor. He is borderline unstoppable. The greatest, you know, seven foot tall, non-back-to-the-basket big man that we've ever seen. You know, he's not an imposing force like a Shaq or a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or players like that. He is a seven-foot player with point guard handles and unbelievable shooting ability with those long arms. He is the perfect scoring player. If there's ever been a perfect scoring player in the league, he is it. He is the prototype for what you want in an offensive player with his length, size, shooting ability, handles, you name it, he has it and he's unstoppable. He's got championship pedigree. He is the most valuable player left in these playoffs. Number two is Chris Paul. Just got done talking about it with the MVP award. The Phoenix Suns would not be in the position they are in without Chris Paul. It's a bunch of young guns on this team. Devin Booker has been playing absolutely lights out. There is no doubt about that. But they have needed Chris Paul to get in this position. And Chris Paul needs to stay healthy. That shoulder needs to hold up. If he gets hurt again, the Suns are going to be in some trouble. But if he stays healthy, this team can ride it all the way to the NBA Finals and potentially win their first championship in franchise history. Number three, I have Kawhi Leonard from the Clippers. His value is somewhat similar to that of Kevin Durant. Kawhi does not have the offensive prowess of Durant, does not have the skill set, the footwork, the moves, the handle, the shooting ability, the range. He does not have any of that offensively, but he is by far the best defensive player on the floor in these playoffs, and he is the reason why the Clippers were able to dig it out of that 2-0, 3-2 hole to the Dallas Mavericks and, and shut down Luka Doncic, who was sensational through the first four games of the playoffs. 
those first couple games really set the tone for the series and Kawhi Leonard was able to step it up and, and get it back together for his team. Paul George also needs to step up. He is a guy that is not on this list. Paul George is not in this Ford food chain. But Kawhi Leonard, defensively, it's going to be extremely valuable to the Clippers if they want to have a chance to keep moving forward. Number four, I have Devin Booker. Booker's averaging 28 a game in these playoffs. Had 47 points in the closeout game against the Los Angeles Lakers. He has been just fantastic over the last week or so. And especially at the end of that series against LA. Shooting the basketball, we know how good he is as a three-point shooter. He is a sharp shooter shooting 41% from the three-point line. The Suns need him to be able to shoot the ball pretty well to be successful too. It's not just Chris Paul. Chris Paul is more valuable than Devin Booker because obviously Devin Booker, you know, on his own, he wasn't able to carry the Suns team. CP3 is needed for a little bit of assistance uh, for that. But Devin Booker's shooting ability is what can really put this team over the top when he's on. We know Chris Paul is always going to be on intensity-wise. He may not score a lot of points, but he's going to distribute the basketball, and he's a fantastic leader. If Devin Booker's shooting the ball like he can, obviously he doesn't need to score 47 a night for the Suns to win. Certainly helps, but he doesn't need to do that. But if he's shooting 4 of 10 from 3 on a night-in, night-out basis, has 25 to 30 points, this Suns team, like I said, can go all the way to the finals and possibly win it. Number 5, Donovan Mitchell right now is a more valuable player than Kyrie Irving. He's got a, a Dwayne Wade type vibe to him. He, he is a great closer in games offensively. Defensively, he will get in your grill, step up and guard the best player on the floor at any given time. That's something that Kyrie Irving can't really do. He is a liability defensively. So Donovan Mitchell for this Utah Jazz team going up against the Clippers who won game one, uh, the, the Jazz did. Donovan Mitchell is going to need to continue to be that defensive player and leader and Dwayne Wade caliber guy for this Jazz team to keep moving forward. And I like Mitchell a lot. We've got him at number five. Number six, the man himself, Trey Young. His first playoffs, he's playing like he's been in the playoffs all his career. He is an excellent road player too. He thrives playing that kind of villain role. You just come into an opposing team's home floor and shut them up that's what he did in game one against the 76ers and he just does not flinch in the big moments can pull up from anywhere on the court from three now i still do favor the 76ers over the hawks in this series the sixers have a better roster trey young though is carrying this team you couldn't even really name the second or third the second best player would be bogdanovich but you cannot name a third best player on this hawks team with the 76ers you have ben simmons out there uh you have tobias harris there's some other guys on that roster that can step in and contribute seth curry is even a notable guy danny green can shoot the hawks it's really just a trey young show number seven i have the most valuable player nikola Jokic. he is their team like I mentioned earlier in the show, he is without the, the three best guards on their team. Jamal Murray's been out since, I think, like middle of the season, in the regular season. But he's kind of the guy who the offense just runs through. He passes the ball extremely well for a big man. We haven't really seen passing 
from a guy like him since, I mean, Pau Gasol was always a great passer, not to the likes of Nikola Jokic, but he was kind of the last great facilitating big man that I can think of. Draymond Green is also a great facilitator, doesn't have the same skill set and doesn't really fill the same role, but Jokic is just going to have to do it all for this team. It looks like he's getting a little gas though, and that's what I kind of worry about. That's why he's a little lower on my list right now, because if he shuts down, the Nuggets shut down, and it's goodnight Irene. Number eight is James Harden, and he hasn't even played in these playoffs yet. Playoff James Harden, obviously we know how this story goes. He has never typically been that great in the playoffs. But the thing is though, is that he is the facilitator for the Nets. He is the guy that can really get things moving offensively. He's a great passer, not just in the half court sets, but full court. He's got great vision down the floor and can just throw it, throw it ahead to anyone and makes the right play all the time. And he doesn't need to score 30 or 35 points. He can score 20 points and have 15 assists. And this Nets team is going to be even better than it is now. The Nets are blowing out teams by 20 or 30 points now without him. Put him in the lineup. It makes it that much harder. Number nine, I have Kyrie Irving. As sensational as he is as an offensive player and ball handler, defensively, he's a huge liability, which is why he is so far down on my list. You really can't put him on anyone with any relatively good offensive skill but offensively as much as he touches the ball he rarely ever turns it over he's got the best handles in the game excellent finisher at the rim can stop on a dime in transition and pull up for three and hit he's got everything you want offensively and he's been being extremely efficient defensively though you kind of have to put him off in the corner you got to hide him a little bit and they've done that so far they've got to be careful with him of course but offensively you know, if KD's ever having an off game, Kyrie can step up and they're going to be just fine. And then number 10, I have Joel Embiid. And the reason he is further down on this list is because, you know, in the series against the Hawks in game one, Trey Young played great. Joel Embiid played great. They were both at their best. Sixers have a better roster. The Hawks somehow still won. It kind of shows you the carrying ability of both players. Trey Young able to carry his team. That's such, a, such a, a young age. Joel Embiid obviously got a little banged up at the end of the last series. Still playing great, but he needs to find a way to elevate his teammates. Ben Simmons has kind of shrunk a little bit. He's kind of, kind of hiding right now. Joel Embiid needs to find a way to elevate those guys because he's not the same type of player as a Nikola Jokic. Embiid is just a back-to-the-basket player, back you down, and just bully you in the paint can step out and hit a three, but he's not the facilitator. He's not the passer. So Jokic carries a little bit more value than he does than, than Embiid. So I have Embiid down at the bottom at number 10 to wrap up the Ford food chain. That's it for episode 133 of WFS, the Will Ford Show. Thanks so much for tuning in here on a Wednesday night. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at the Will Ford Show. Follow me on Instagram as well, Will Ford Show on TikTok, at The Will Ford Show, uh, and then three different platforms, three, that you can listen to this podcast on. You can listen on SoundCloud, the original host for this show, uh, also on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. I am new on Spotify. If that's a more convenient place for you to listen, check me out on Spotify. Also, you can watch some segments of The Will Ford Show on YouTube uh, and 
I actually posted episode in full, episode 132 in full on YouTube. So if you'd rather watch the show, watch me talk about it instead of listen to me talk about it, I mean, you'd be listening to it too. Did you get what I'm saying? You can also check it out on YouTube. I'll see you in episode 134. This is WFS, The Will Ford Show. 